Well, my friend, and welcome to TFU News and Views. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info, the website for Tour Archive, Transformers University podcast, this podcast, and oh, so much more. And I want to welcome you to the first one in a while, right? It's been a while. Um, actually, it's probably the second one this year. And I have to tell you, uh, if, if you haven't noticed, my output has kind of declined a bit in terms of uh, creating content for these podcasts and uh, just in general, even on Twitter. Uh, I've been going through a bit of a burnout. I've been going through a bit of um, disenfranchisement, I guess, uh, disillusion uh, with with the hobby. And it's not going away from my life, but it has become something a little bit of a less uh, importance at this time, and I will say, uh, having been in this hobby uh, probably for its entire forty years, uh, if you want to count when I was a kid, uh, but even as an, as an adult, since I came back to the hobby in late nineteen ninety six, I will tell you uh, this happens from time to time. Uh, I can tell you this happened right before the first movie came out. This happened to me. This happened to me. I probably. Um, between Energon and Cybertron, so somewhere in 2003, 2004. Um, it happened to me when I was trying to establish my career a couple of years later. Um, it's it's never fully gone away. The hobby and my love for this, this hobby and for you guys and for creating content and running the website and all the things that go with it uh, never truly goes away. So I just want to preface with that. But uh, I've certainly been a bit down on uh, the hobby. And we'll get into that. I think I have a couple of things lined up for this episode, and we'll certainly get into the whys and the wherefores behind that. But I want to talk about why I'm excited about the hobby again um, and about just being part of the Transformers fandom. Uh, you know, I haven't felt this way listening to seeing some of the live streams and, and the pre-order drops and, and a lot of the things that have been coming on uh, in the last few months. Uh, and I will say there are, there are two things, and uh, one, the first one I'm going to say is not for this episode because I feel like it needs its own episode, and we'll talk about it uh, another time, and that is EarthSpark. Uh, as a whole, uh, the, so far the first two sections of season one that are on Paramount Plus are so good. Um, the action sequences in particular, uh, if you like action-y Transformer shows, when EarthSpark does action, uh, they do it incredibly well. Uh, probably as good uh, action sequences since maybe I don't really remember any really great action sequences in Transformers Prime. Um, that's not to say there weren't, but there are very specific action sequences in Beast Wars that come to mind. Uh, Code of Hero, Dinobot fighting all the Predacons by himself, uh, um, crossing the Rubicon, where uh, I think it's Black Arachnia and. Silverbolt fight or Black Arachnia and Dinobot fight. Um, those two, I, I just remember that fight sequence being really good. Um, it, so, like, those are kind of evoked to me from Earthspark, uh, especially, say, the, the part one season finale um, fight scene. There's a couple of fight scenes in part two. Um, the, the, just overall. Just really, really entertaining. Uh, it took me a little while to get used to the animation. It took me a little while to get to kind of the uncanny valley of the of the uh, the human faces on the show. But again, conversation for another day. That's one reason to be really excited about Transformers. If you're burnt out like I was and and have been and still kind of am sometimes, uh, the other is the Rise of the Beast trailer. Uh, 
deck dropped the other day and I wasn't expecting much from it. I wasn't expecting to really be into it. Uh, the first trailer that I dropped was fun, uh, but it, it was kind of vague. Um, and then I'm going to get a little spoilery into the trailer. So here's your chance to um, stop, go to YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, whatever the uh, platform of your choice is and find the trailer and watch the trailer. Here's your chance. I'm going to stop here because after this, we're going to spoil some things in this trailer. So let's talk a bit about the trailer, right? And I'm not going to add two into uh, everything that was said, but here I wanted to just talk about the things I liked. I love the inclusion of Unicron in this, I think. Um, even if it's flashbacks, which is what I hear in the rumors, which makes a lot of sense, really, uh, in terms of what we did see in that trailer. Um, I love the idea of Unicron being a part of the live action universe, uh, something of that large of a scale. And they really, they tried to do it in the last night with Quintessa and, um, and, and, and all the other disjointed pieces of that story that made no sense. Um, but if Unicron is the existential threat for part one, then we can see maybe a sequel that gets us to Unicron in part two or, or having to defeat Unicron in a third movie. Like this feels like it's building towards being at least a sequel, if not a trilogy. I think um, the voice casting for uh, Unicron, uh, Coleman Domingo is a fantastic actor. I don't know if you've watched Fear of the Walking Dead, but he is a, uh, a major character on that show. Sometimes he's a hero, sometimes he's a villain. It all really depends. Uh, but he is really big and over the top with his performance. And it is the perfect kind of voice and perfect kind of um, acting ability that you want for someone who is the size of a planet, for someone who is a planetary godlike being. Uh, I think that is such uh, an inspired and perfect casting choice. So uh, Coleman Domingo is going to be fantastic in that role. I do not doubt it. Plus, you know, I watch shows and I listen to people's voices and I hear the the tone and the timbre of their voice and, and I try to say, okay, where would they be if I was producing a Transformers show? Like, that person's voice appeals to me. Why? What character would they be? How would that character sound different from the rest of the cast? Because much like everything else in life, sometimes we have a type that we listen for and that we are, um, you know, for lack of a better word, um, attracted to in, 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 in an auditory sense, right? So knowing which voices are like, hey, that I, I, I gravitate towards those voices. And you can see it in, in the Netflix War for Cybertron series. Whoever was casting those voices you know, had a type, <laughs> uh, you know, to put it in like dating terms, you know, they had a type and all those voices with the exception of maybe, you know, Frank Tadaro, Starscream, um, a lot of those voices sounded very much the same. And, and so when you think about that, right, uh, hearing, knowing that uh, Coleman Domingo is going to be one voice and Peter Dinklage is going to be another voice and, uh, you know, and Pete Davidson is going to be another voice. For me, it, it, it tells you that at least everyone's going to sound somewhat different. And of course, Peter Cullen will be part of this cast and all the other folks that are part of this film. Um, I, I'm excited because I don't feel like it's as much stunt casting as we would see in a Bay film. I know I should probably address it, but before we talk about Wheeljack's ears and Wheeljack's look, I, I do want to point out that by having both Peter Dinklage as Scourge and... Pete Davidson is Mirage. 
we now have two, two people who are in the SNL sketch Space Pants that are now part of the Transformers universe. I am wearing Space Pants! That makes me very happy. No, really, Space Pants is one of my all-time favorite SNL sketches. Uh, I quote it uh, constantly at work. Yes, 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 yes! All right. One more thing about the Rise of the Beast trailer before we move on to some other stuff. Uh, the controversy about Wheeljack. I'm going to make it real simple. Get over it. Get over it. He is whatever they decide he's going to be for the movie universe. He doesn't necessarily need to look like he did in the scene before, in the scene from Bumblebee. Right? That, that logic is flawed because Ratchet in that scene was white and red, and he should be green if we're going to go through this, this logic that they should look like they did on Earth as they did on Cybertron. So then vice versa by that, the reverse logic should be true too. right? So if they were on Earth and he's green in the previous movies, then he should be green on Cybertron. So that logic's out the window. He should look G1. No, that logic doesn't apply either. We've renamed and reused character names and changed looks consistently since G1, even within G1. There were two G1 ransacks. Did you know that? One was an Autobot, one was a Decepticon. There, this has been part of the franchise for almost as long as the franchise. So that argument flies out the window. So take Rise of the Beast Wheeljack for what he is, a really cool looking character model with some cool like Elton John style glasses. He popped out the ear fins in, in the battle scene. So clearly they're doing that as a, a battle mask kind of thing. And he's got, you know, Pablo written on the side of his his van mug. So hopefully he'll uh, he'll come to Florida. Pablo? Yeah? Please come to Florida. Now, I told you I was going to get a little bit into what's been um, bugging me uh, in the fandom. I've, I've stopped pre-ordering uh, toys. In fact, I've stopped pretty much buying uh, toys. Since uh, see, last two I got were Tarn and Breakdown, and I bought an Earthspark uh, Wheeljack. Those are the last. I think that might be. I wouldn't say it's my totality for 2023, but after the end of 2022, the massive rush to both fill late pre-orders and fill future pre-orders early, um, that crushed to uh, my bank account, much like many other people, uh, really left me wondering and figuring out. Uh, rethinking my habits as a collector and, and what I really want to do. Um, you know, generally I collect for the website in a lot of ways. Like I'm trying to, you know, a lot of my rationale in terms of buying figures is to make sure I have one to photograph to put on the website. Um, plus, yes, I'm, and in my head somewhere, I think one day I would like to own every figure. Um, that, of course, is unrealistic, but even if it's unrealness, you want to feel like you're on that road in some way, right? So having to rethink all that and having to really you know, prioritize what, what's important to me, I've, I've stopped. I've canceled all of my pre-orders, period. I will not pre-order right now uh, unless there's something that's really going to blow me out of the water. And it's not to say that things that have been announced aren't interesting to me. I like the, the Dion release. I like the Wardon 2-pack. Uh, there were some other things in some of these recent uh, live streams that, that really, actually a lot of them have been pretty good. Armada Megatron, Armada Optimus, uh, you know, even the E-Hobby uh, Omega Sentinel, uh, the, the Titan class Nemesis, all that really jumped out at me. But even though I seem and feel interested in a lot of these, I, I, I look at the price tag right now and the pricing for 
generations and legacy, and even some of the other the Earthspark line, the the Rise of the Beast line, it is just so out of whack with what the average person makes and what toys used to cost in relation to uh, just you know general you know, dollar value. So I did the math somewhere on my Twitter account. You can find it. Um, the line has grown exponentially. We know that, right? There are usually no more, no less than five Transformers lines out all at once, all the time. But even when there was just one line, I, I compared it back to just Beast Wars uh, in '96 when I came back to the hobby. That whole line for the year ran about five hundred dollars, uh, and that's adjusted for inflation, if I remember right. Um, and that's for the year. A single wave right now of deluxes will cost you a hundred dollars. And if you factor in a liter or two liters, two Voyagers, you're, you're looking at three or four hundred dollars for a wave per quarter. So, just knowing that and knowing that that's quadrupled, and then on top of it, knowing that yes, look, inflation's a thing in the United States. Yes, there are factors in that, right? The war in Ukraine is a factor on your transformer collecting. It it creates uh it creates competition for oil resources across the world. It creates uh, issues with shipping. It creates all sorts of problems that add into your price for a figure. It also creates um there's also some other things post COVID, uh the shipping crisis, the I remember that Hasbro folks told me that cardboard is becoming an issue uh, in terms of getting it, which means clearly costs for cardboard are going up, so packaging is an issue. So I, I get all of that. My other big issue is with Hasbro, and, and I know I, I love when people call me a Hasbro shill because I'm I'm not. I'm a Hasbro realist. Uh, you know, when they do good work or they do work as a company, and you realize they're a company, they're there to make money. Um, that's fine. And then I feel like when they're there to make money and exploit uh, said profits to you know squeeze as much out of uh, the collector or the, the Transformer aficionado or Hasbro collector or however you want to put it, um, or even parents uh, who are buying toys for their kids or other kids, people's kids, because I do that all the time. My daughter's got to go to a birthday party. I got to go to the store and pick up a toy. That that squeeze, uh, I found found out what it's called. Um, it's called profit side inflation. I think that I think that's what it's called. I didn't write it down, but I read I read a great article on it, and it, it kind of pretty much applies to when a company, you know, observes there's inflation, but instead of of taking less of a profit, they squeeze out their margins from the inside out and give you less of a product for the same amount of money. Uh, you know, a good example of this, and, and it's weird because it, it kind of boils back to uh, health and safety laws in the United States, right? Um, some states passed what was called, you know, what you would call a sugar tax, right? And the tax basically means like if, if your your 16 ounce can of Coke um, has too much sugar, which it would because it's 16 ounces of a liquid and it's a formula, right? Um, there's an additional tax uh, that the consumer has to pay. I think it's the consumer, um, in order to purchase that, right? To purchase a big gulp or something along those lines. So that was a health crisis when you get down to it, right? People are consuming too much sugar. It means they're having heart problems, diabetes problems, and, and obesity issues. It becomes taxing on the healthcare system. 
and it cascades. Toys will never do that, right? But it's just a good example. So what did manufacturers do in response? They make the, they make the size of the can smaller. So from a 16-ounce can, you go down to, what, a 10-ounce can, 12-ounce can? Um, but they didn't change the price, right? They made the can look and feel a lot like it was the same size, but the price was still the same. So you're squeezing, you're, you're selling less product, there's less liquid in the can, charging the same amount of money and turning a bigger profit. And I see that a lot now with with Hasbro and their toy lines, right? G.I. Joe figures are coming with less accessories. I know Marvel and, and Power Rangers that I've heard in other places coming with a lot less in there, right? They're not necessarily doing builder figures anymore. With Transformers, we see it, uh, you know, the biggest example I saw was uh, Shattered Glass Grimlock, where... He doesn't come with the wheelie, you know, the, the wheelie figure that everyone hates, right? But he didn't come with anything to supplement that either. So a toy that was forty or forty-five dollars because the prices were lower on later class when Studio Series Grimlock came out is now fifty-five dollars. So it's ten dollars more and comes with less. So not only are you paying more dollar for a figure, you're getting less of value for that dollar. That's where I have a, a bigger issue with Hasbro and with the collecting uh, world as of right now. I can't, in good conscience, bring myself to spend that kind of money and know I'm getting less of a product for more money. Now, if Hasbro was to sweeten the pot and say, look, here is Shattered Glass Grimlock, and instead of, instead of Wheelie, he came with you know, his sword, and he came with a, you know, another accessory, you know, something that, that was the equal amount of plastic and weight and everything else that it requires them you know, to, that they calculate for distribution. But yeah, it's ten dollars more because of inflation. I would have so much less of a pro- problem with that because at least you're getting equal toy value, yes, for more money, but at least it's consistent. And I think that is where, for me, that is really bothering me with Hasbro's approach to all of their toy lines right now. So this isn't a Transformers brand thing. This isn't that Transformers marketing thing. This isn't something Mark. And, and, and Brad and Sam and Evan are creating. This is something they're told to deal with, right? This is probably coming from their bosses. Hit these, hit these margins. Show us that you can make a toy that turns this level of profit. So that's where I'm at. And so my pre-order list, which a year ago probably had 75 things on it at this time of the year, has zero things on it. I am passing on things that I kind of want. <laughs> I will not lie. Uh, the Starscream and Thundercracker from Walmart in the retro uh, series with the new colors and, and, and new details. I love the original Seeker Mold. Uh, I collect the original Seeker Mold. I have held out on those right for now. So the upside is, I guess for me, is now I get to refocus my fandom. And so it's not so much about purchasing right now. Right now it's about enjoying what is in that fandom. And so the Rise of the Beast trailer, that's a big thing for me right now because that seems to be, for me, another piece of fiction and another thing to indulge in uh, mentally. Now, it's funny because in my not buying toys, I haven't actually been opening toys either. So if you are a Patreon uh, member, at the junior level and up, you know we do a Patreon-exclusive podcast called Seven Figures. We are 18 episodes in. Swing on over to patreon.com slash tfuinfo. Uh, subscribe at the uh, junior level, 
and you'll have access to all of those episodes plus a bunch of other exclusive Patreon episodes I've done over the years. Right now, I have episode 19. I have it written down right in front of me. I have the figures I opened. I haven't touched them in about four months. So I don't remember what my observations on them are. Uh, so I need to go and, and play around with them. I know it, Transmetal 2, Legacy Transmetal 2 Megatron's in there. I love that toy. Um, but I, I haven't played with it in, in a while to tell you why I love that toy. So for my Patreon students, hang in there. I promise you a new Seven Figures is coming. Uh, I just have to really get reacquainted with the ones I did open. Now, what have I been up to? Well, I'll tell you more right after this. Hey, want to help out this podcast or the website tfu.info? There's a number of ways you can do it. Let me tell you how. You can help us directly by joining our Patreon and enrolling as a student at Transformers University. There, you'll get early access to the podcast as well as exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks for as little as $1 a month. Sign up is quick and easy. Just swing on by to www.patreon.com slash tfuinfo. Another way you can help us is by using our Amazon link, www.tfu.info slash Amazon. Type that into your browser whenever you want to shop at Amazon and a portion of what you spend will be contributed back to us. It's that easy. Finally, you don't become the world's longest running transforming toy archive without some help from other fans. We're always on the hunt for photos of figures and accessories we're missing from our pages. If you'd like to contribute, go to tfu.info slash help for a list of what we need or send an email to info at tfu.info. tfu.info, the alpha trion and omega prime of transforming toys. Now, back to the show. <laughs> One of the things I've been up to, because I'm trying to make back some of the money I overspent on toys last year, because uh, I... Going into pre-orders, you know what? It's hard. Uh, it's not to keep in track of, like, legitimately what you're spending. Like, it's all numbers on a page. It's very different than when you're spending cash and you have less cash on you, right? Um, and it can very easily get away from you. So, part of what I, I've been doing uh, was I was selling off some extra stuff from my collection on eBay, and in doing that, I um, I decided I'm, I'm gonna sell off my Magic, uh, the Gathering card collection. And uh, I'm sure I can go into the whole Magic uh, the Gathering Pinkerton story that's going on, but that's another thing. Bad luck for Wizards of the Coast, bad luck for Hasbro. Um, but it's funny because Magic the, selling Magic the Gathering cards has kind of always been like a uh, safety net for me in, my, my, in this Transformers hobby. Uh, I was an early adopter of Magic the Gathering. I got my first couple of cards, uh, a deck and two packs, at Comic Fest 1993, I think it was, uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I was big into comics, and geez, if I had only known, I would <laughs> if I knew then what I know now, I would have not bought a single comic and bought every single Magic card I could because I basically I had uh, Alphas and Betas uh, as my original cards. So uh, I have since sold off uh, about six years ago. Uh, I had a whole bunch of the, the more expensive ones, the more valuable, the super rare kind of things, uh, graded and sold uh including an alpha mock sapphire and uh a whole bunch of dual lands from uh mostly from revised and unlimited uh editions uh but there was at least one alpha in there um those cards are long gone and they're probably worth they're worth they were worth a lot six years ago they're probably worth way more right now that i probably should have held on to them. 
because they increased in value so quickly uh, because of COVID. Uh, but I decided I'm, I'm going to divest myself of pretty much everything I have. Uh, so I collected from, I mean, I was into it then, but they were hard to find. And then Unlimited was kind of hard to find. The Unlimited series was, is, you know, basically uh, what they what's called second edition and then revised, which is sometimes known as third edition, is really where I was able to get a bunch of cards. And third edition, fourth edition, some of the expansions in between. So uh, I basically collected up through Ice Age and Homelands and a little bit of Alliances. Um, and so I have bits of cards from all over the years. So one thing, you know, it's funny with the magic cards is that, yes, there's been this consistency uh, throughout my uh, adult life of selling these things to uh, kind of get me into a better spot. And uh, one of the most fortunate stories, and I, I just want to share stories because sometimes opportunity presents itself and you just have to know that it's there. Uh, so when I was in my, let's see, I was 19, uh, or 20 years old. I was, no, I was 20 when I started. So I was 20 or 21. Um, I was working for Harper Collins publishers in New York city, uh, as, uh, first as an intern and then as a part-time, uh, it person. So I was the guy who fixed your computer. Um, and that usually meant I was just like, plugging in printers or, you know, installing software or getting people logged into their machine. And HarperCollins at the time had the license for Magic the Gathering books. Uh, they even did some promo cards uh, that were mail-aways. And um, they did, I think, four or five, uh, no, more than five, um, Magic the Gathering novels. Uh, and I've read, read a couple of them, but there was always this mail-away offer in there. And... While I was at HarperCollins, uh, there was the, the science fiction division. It was called Harper Prism. And they, at one point, right, shortly after I started, um, they, uh, they laid off the whole science fiction department, uh, the Prism department. And they got laid off, and time went by. So that floor was seventh floor. They, they remained vacant for a while. And then at some point, they... They told us, hey, look, we're, we're putting new people up here. You have to come up and get their, these computers, bring them down. We're cleaning out the seventh floor. So I, I was on the, uh, the second or the third floor. And so, you know, I got my, my cart and I went up there and I'm cleaning, you know, we're cleaning out the computers. And there are some, you know, people who were like, oh, you know, they took what they, their stuff, but they left a lot of stuff on their desk. So I was always looking around for free books. Uh, and, there was there was um, some promo magic cards from that uh, from that era uh, the giveaways and I asked someone who was who was working there I was like can I take these like yeah it's like you like these things I'm like yeah and then they showed me to the one of the closets <laughs> over there and there were I'm trying to remember twenty two cases cases not not just like um, not just individual card like uh, store uh, boxes but the boxes that those come in uh cases of magic the gathering um chronicles and the dark i think um these were yeah these were shipping cases and they it was mostly chronicles if i remember right uh no it was the dark it was chronicles with maybe some fourth edition anyway they uh they had asked me if uh 
uh, they, they said, oh, well, you know, if you, if you want to take a couple of these, go ahead. I go, what's happening to the rest? And they're like, oh, we're throwing them away. And I'm like, you're, you're throwing them away? Um, and they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, can I have them? And they're like, if you can get them out of here, you can have them. I said, okay, don't throw them away. <laughs> so I, um, I, I got the computers on my computer cart, brought them, brought them down to the second floor in the service elevator, uh, went right back up with my computer cart, loaded all 20 plus cases of these cards onto that computer cart. I think it did two trips um, and put them behind my desk at work. And I was like, I am totally going to sell these and sell them is what I did for a while. Um, there is a, uh, a flea market, uh, an indoor flea market with a card uh, collecting section in on Long Island in, a, I think it's Levittown or Un it's Levittown. Uh, it was called Tri-County. Uh, it's got a different name now. Unique, I think it's called now. It's still there. The, the collecting place is still there. Uh, Izzy, the guy I, I sold the cards to, still there. Uh, I asked him if he wanted, you know, I was like, oh, I got these cases. You know, like, yeah, I'll buy it. He's, and I, he's, I, I think I sold one for like 500 bucks uh, for the case. And he's like, you got any more? And like, I guess he was turning them around because he was a dealer. And he's like, you got any more? I'm like, oh, how many you need? And he's like, can you get me eight? And I'm like, yes, I can get you eight. So like, this was a regular thing for me that summer was like, just taking a bunch of cases from behind my desk at work on a Saturday, loading them into my, my Mitsubishi, my tiny Mitsubishi, and then driving them out to Long Island and selling them and then getting this like stupid knot of cash because he paid me in all cash uh, back then and, and using it to... Uh, do things like buy transformers uh uh so that is uh just my weird harper collins story and that is to say look there are always opportunities around to um to find ways uh, to do things you just have to uh observe and realize that their luck is clearly a um combination of, of preparation and opportunity uh meeting at the same time Slight addendum to that, uh, of the promo cards that I had on a desk, uh, it turns out one of them has become pretty valuable over the years. It's called Mana Crypt. Um, and I've already sold one, and I had two more um, that I both they sent out to get graded with Beckett because I was like, you know what, if I'm going to sell these, let, let's, let's get them graded and get them done right. So uh, if you're interested, let me know. I'll follow up on maybe on here, maybe on Twitter, at TFU underscore info, and um, let you know how the grading turned out and how the sale of those went. Um, because you know, it, it, it's become kind of my side business is selling these old magic cards on eBay. And if you listen to transmissions podcast, Daryl, uh, the Cybertronian beast, uh, the, the world's number two or three beast wars fan. Don't tell him I said that. Uh, <laughs> he, um, he bought a whole bunch of cards off of me uh, when he saw them because uh, I've been asking him some questions. But uh, he he had a few of those on their uh, trips to the store segment of my old uh, Magic uh, the Gathering cards. So uh, check that out too because uh, you'll actually see what I was able to sell. All right, finally, the last thing. I want to end on a positive Transformers note. I want to end on uh, things to be excited about. And this week on top of the trailer, same day as the trailer was CinemaCon. And CinemaCon announced... There was an announcement of the Transformers animated movie, the new animated movie, uh, first one by Paramount, Transformers 1. And I was like, yes, we are going to get a Landmine exclusive series. Okay, maybe not. But the voice cast, come on, how, how can you not love this voice cast? Chris Hemsworth as Optimus Prime. You got Scarlett Johansson as Alita 1. 
there were other names in there. Keegan Michael Key is going to be in there. Lawrence Fishburne is going to be in there as Alpha Tryon. Look, it's an animated film. I get it. Some people want voice actors. I'll take actor actors uh, to start. I think, especially with that, and going back to my original comment about the the voice cast for the Netflix series and using those non-union actors and and using folks that kind of all sound the same. I'm good with them going in another direction. I'm good with them going with celebrity actors because at least you know it's going to be well acted. It may not be perfectly acted. It may be a little different. But I feel like, for the most part, actors who can act can act anywhere. And I'm excited to, to see what comes out of this. I don't know if I'm thrilled about the prequel story idea. You know, Chris McFeely made a good point on Twitter about how, yes, to us, we've heard this prequel story idea, and we've probably seen bits of media over the years that have some bits of that. But to the mass audience, and to even to the post-2007 movie audience, this is all kind of new ground, uh, new territory. And so I, I am interested to see what they do with that. I, I have been saying, you know, after that tweet, you know, something I observed is that we don't have a lot of optimist prequel stories. Now, hear me out. I'm not talking about Orion Pax prequel stories. Orion becoming Optimus, becoming the leader of the Autobots, or you know, being bestowed with the Matrix. Yes, that we've had. But we don't necessarily have that many stories of Optimus, the new leader, becoming Optimus, the wise leader. Uh, and I think those, and I'm not saying those stories don't exist. I'm saying I, there aren't that many, and there aren't many that are that prominent. So I'm interested in seeing that story, and I hope Transformers 1 has some of that uh, beyond what we see seen in other places. Um, if this becomes a story of like the Cybertronian Senate and, and, and something along those lines, I, you know what, I don't mind seeing that in, in some sort of visual form. I think, you know, we've seen it in comics in different ways. To see it in animation, I think that change of medium will be interesting. It'll be fun. And so, you know, with that, I mean, I could go on about some of the other great, you know, we also got that restaurant in Hong Kong. Like, I've never wanted to go to Hong Kong, but now I want to go to Hong Kong and see that wacky Transformers, uh, the Ark restaurant. Um, I, I've literally considered uh, checking eBay for one of those uh, uh, French fry containers uh, just because it's so weird and out there that uh, I kind of want one. And, and I digress. I know I'm on a tangent here. I, I really think Transformers 1... Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And look, like I said, it's always a good time to be a Transformers fan. I've given you a whole I'm down on being a Transformers fan. And I still know it's a good time to be a Transformers fan. Uh, between the Rise of the Beast trailer, uh, Transformers 1 announcement, the ARC restaurant in, in Hong Kong, um, and even the pre-orders. I mean, pricing aside, the character selection for Legacy Evolution has been really good. Um, and, and I hope to see more of that in the future. Uh, hopefully Hasbro gets their pricing lined up and in order uh, to keep fans from walking away because I think that's the other thing is that at some point you're going to hit hit a, um, a crossroads like I have and 
you're going to have people walk away from the brand. And I think that is detrimental to the overall health of the brand. And I think that is detrimental to the future health of the brand. Um, and not just those people, but those people passing along their fandom to other people. And then what you see is a decline in the same way you see a decline with certain sports teams in certain sports. You know, God, and would you hate for Transformers to become something like boxing or, or horse racing where um, they've priced out people to the point that, you know, the only there's only a particular type of person that enjoys those sports and can afford and be a part in, of those sports in a way as a fan. Um, so, yes, I think all those things apply to Hasbro's approach on Transformers. And now I realize I am really all over the place today. So I'm going to wrap it up. Uh once again, this is TFU News and Views. This is Anthony checking in with you. I hope you had a good time listening to me ramble. Where are you on your Transformers fandom journey? Drop me a line in the comments. Drop me a note on Twitter at TFU underscore info. Tell me what you think. Tell me how you've been feeling uh, about anything uh, related to the world of Transformers. And maybe we'll uh, touch base on the next News and Views. Until next time. I'm your host, Anthony Bercalli, owner-operator, Madman, behind TFU.info. Until next time, see ya. Look at my pants with the eyes in your face. My legs are covered in outer space. Space pants. Want to be on the show? Leave us a voicemail at 702-763-4838. That's 702-POD-4TFU. Or send an email to info at tfu.info. Be sure to catch us on Twitter at TFU underscore info and on Facebook and Instagram under the username TFU info, all one word. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TFU info, where we post all of our podcasts plus special video segments, reviews, and live coverage of Transformers-related events such as New York Toy Fair and New York Comic Con. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us at www.tfu.info, the world's longest-running transforming toy archive.